I'm Amy Lettingham. I'm a master certified dating and relationship coach. And I'm Kevin Lettingham, Amy's husband and a former reality and docuseries TV producer director. And together we want to welcome you to Sex, Love, and Mindful Dating. In today's show, we're digging into episode five of Love is Blind, marking the couple's last day in paradise before heading to Atlanta. And with the entire cast spending more and more time together, the comparisons to one another are starting to create some real friction. This comparison trap is setting up potentially dangerous and unrealistic expectations for some of the couple's relationships. The question we wanna try to answer in today's show is, when is comparing yourself to others good for a relationship and when can it destroy it? By the way, if you like our show and would like to hear more of them, the best way to make that happen is by hitting the subscribe button and giving us a five-star review. It really helps, thank you. The beginning of the show starts with Jessica and Mark coming back to the hotel room. And Jessica is clearly a little inebriated yet yet again and starts chatting with Mark about how they're not going to have sex and they could have sex. And it just seems like this whole conversation starts because she saw Barnett, she saw Amber, she saw the other couples, and she's comparing herself to everybody else. Did you see that? Yeah, this is called the comparison trap. This is it right here. And it's like the habit of measuring yourself against other people. And you start eliciting toxic behaviors because you get jealous, you have envy. And it really stems from insecurity and lack of self-identity. She doesn't really know herself. She's just seeing other couples and they seem happy. She doesn't know what's going on, really. You know, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But... Oh, we do. We have a camera there. (laughs) that's true but even off camera right yeah there could be stuff going on that people don't know that there might be fighting or disagreements we're only seeing all the good stuff i i assume yeah my question is is it bad to compare yourself to other couples i mean amber and barnett have a good relationship what's wrong with comparing yourself you know i think there are two parts there's a good part and a bad part okay let's start with the bad part first and then i'll move over to good The bad part is that when you're comparing yourself to other couples or people, your life, your values are different than theirs. So even when you compare yourself, you're creating this idea that you need to be like them in order to be happy. And it takes you off your own roadmap. If you notice, like, you know, there's two roads, you have yours. If you're not riding on yours and you're doing, you're on someone else's road because you think that's going to make you happy, you'll notice there's going to be inner conflict, self-doubt. There's going to be a loss of self-identity. That means you're on the wrong road. Well, she looks like she's on the wrong road. Exactly. Yeah. And I would say comparison is good when you're comparing yourself to somebody with the same core values. Somebody that has positivity in their life. Somebody that you want to follow. Like they're almost like, this is the life I want. And it's based on facts, not emotion. That's why there's no jealousy. There's no envy. There's no anger. It's more like, oh, she picked a really good guy that treated her really well. I want to be treated well. I'm going to look for a guy that does the same thing for me. Yeah. And that's the difference. Like it's not emotional where, oh, why can't I have that? It's not the why can't. It's more like I can have that. I need to find that in other people. Facts. I do love my studies and I did some research on the comparison trap. There's actually a lot out there, but all of them pretty much say the same thing. If you're regularly comparing your relationship to your friends or your family or other people in your life, 
uh, and their relationship seems perpetually better than yours, then this may correspond with general unhappiness in your own life and your own relationships. So it's kind of like, you know, the grass is greener. Well, it must be better over there. But when you have that attitude, it generally means you're going to feel unhappy and unfulfilled. Yeah. And I think the grass is greener means that you're searching. (laughs) And once you get to the green side, another grass will be greener. So it's almost like wherever you go, there you are. You know what I see with a lot of my clients? They get sucked into the social media world of comparison, like Instagram, where they're comparing their bodies, their relationships. And most don't realize, I mean, I think logically they know, but for some reason, it's like an addiction. They can't get a hold of it. That those photos are only depicting one side of this person's life. Yeah. There's a hot mess probably some behind there, maybe. Yeah, very few people like post their post-fight pictures with their boyfriend or girlfriend. They post the, the great moments. Yeah, and I don't think any of us want to see like the fight and the cries, but who knows? Maybe do. we do. I do. <laughs> I would. I, I guess would love we to do see because there's reality TV, but yeah. we think that it's truth. We think that this is what our everyday life should look like. So Don't compare yourself on the social media platforms. Make sure that the minute that you feel insecure, self-doubt, give yourself a social media detox, 30 days, a week, whatever it may be, until you start feeling grounded, secure with yourself again, because that's a trigger that's telling you there's some self-work that needs to be done. Yeah, and I think that this comparison trap led directly into what we saw with Mark and Jessica, which was a pretty... It wasn't a a really over-the-top TV fight, nothing like we saw in previous episodes with Diamond and and Carlton, but Mark did put up a little bit of a fight. He says, the way you're talking to me is like a command. Yeah, Yeah. it did. She was kind of like, I'm in charge. You're going to follow my orders, not we're having an adult conversation about our next steps. And then what did she do? That was... She clenched her fist and you could see it on camera And she rolled it because she realized the camera probably caught it. And you could see her face. She was like shaking her head, smiling like passive aggressively. Oh, she was really angry. If there were no cameras there, I think she would have gotten into a wall or done something. I don't know. It would have been a full on fight. That camera kept them from getting into a big fight. And Mark noticed. He looked down for a second. He goes, is everything okay?" Yeah. Yeah. She did play it off, but I don't know. That was not a good moment for them. One thing we should talk about with the Mark and Jessica argument scene is we kind of know the why. It was based on Barnett and Amber and a lot of the other couples having something Jessica wants. But it's also when she had this argument. Actually, I have clients I work with that have been or are currently in Al-Anon. And Al-Anon is a mutual support program for those whose lives have been affected by someone else's drinking or substance abuse. And there is this tool called HALT, and that's H-A-L-T. Never make decisions or trust your emotions during these times. And it is H for when you're hungry, A is for angry, L is for lonely, T is for tired, and I'm gonna add, because of Jessica, D for drunk or drinking. (laughs) Halted. We'll call it halted. Yeah. Definitely do not have those hard conversations 
when you're in these emotional states. And you could tell Jessica just didn't seem like she was all there. There's other scenes in the episode where she's much more lucid. She's much more present there. She just seemed emotional and spent. Yep. Near the end of the show, she does take off her ring uh, in the bathroom. And this is obviously a watershed moment because she is now saying, I'm not all in with Mark. I actually am shocked. I thought that the show was over for her. I was like, they're broken up. This is done. There's no more talking about this. And then like in the next scene, she says, I love you to him. The scene in the bathroom was highly produced. I mean, that was a moment that was shot like 12 ways. She put the ring down perfectly. I promise you that she went to the producers and said, I'm done with Mark. I'm not all in. And I'd like to leave or some derivative thereof. And they convinced her to stay. Here's the thing. Jessica is a star in this show. If you take Jessica off this show, all the conflict goes away. All of it. There's no conflict. That's true. You're getting none from Kenny and Kelly. You're getting none from Cameron and and Lauren. They're all separate. You need Jessica. And those producers knew that if she left, their show goes away. Because what happened with Diamond? Yeah, she just, she walked off. She went home. She took off the ring and she left. Well, we will see. Obviously, at this point, she says she loves him. Not in love, but love. And we'll see what that means. Uh, as for Amber and Barnett, we see them for the first time on a sailboat. And they, as usual, are getting along great. And then the comparison trap does pop up a little bit there. Yeah, she does ask, do you think the other couples are as happy as us? I remember she just answered it herself. She's like, I think we're the happiest. Like, no one has a connection like we do. Yeah, I agree with it. I mean, they are very happy, it looks like. Yeah, they're also in the honeymoon phase. Wait until real life hits them. (laughs) But this is still a good comparison because she's showing that she's got a good, strong self-worth. And the same thing, I think Lauren and Cameron have said the same thing as well. You know, they're on a helicopter ride in this episode, and they talk about other couples at one point as well. Lauren said it. She's like, I think that no other couples have the same connection we have. We just get each other. Yeah. They're comparing themselves to other couples, but in a good way. You know, they're not really focusing on what they don't have, they're really focused on what they do have and that undeniable connection and that they get each other. So yeah, I think as a couple, they're really solid to the core. Yeah. And they're not spending time worrying about other couples. And I think that's part of the escape from the trap is if you focus on yourself and your own identity. Yeah. There's really no comparison. Then they had a moment later that evening where they talked about race again. Yeah, I thought it was really important where they were talking about them being an interracial couple. I mean, we're definitely an interracial couple and the challenges that come with that. Yeah. Yeah, Cameron dated a black woman before and he was telling a story when he was crossing the street one time. Someone yelled out at the woman he was dating and said, you should be with a black man. She went up to that guy and told him off. I love that. I would have loved to have seen that. It's so cool that she would not only defend them as a couple, but take someone whose bad behavior is there and admonish it. Those are things that do happen in even our our relationship when we were in San Francisco. And San Francisco is a very liberal, diverse diverse place. 
and we're going to go eat dim sum. He, he looked, looked like a famous movie star. Somewhere. He looked like Bruce Lee. He had the little jacket, his walk, and he had the like converse. He was like, he was like tough guy. He walks by and he looks at me and Kevin and does the up and down thing. And he spits on the ground. And I just remember him. And he just looked at us with disgust. He did. He, you could tell it was because he saw an Asian woman with a white guy. Sometimes people are very loving and forgiving and uh, open-minded. And some people are really judgmental and think that we should not be together. Well, I mean, Lauren even says that people will always have opinions about what you do with your life, but it's my life. And if I need to make some people uncomfortable in the process, so be it. I love that. We live our lives for ourselves, not for other people. Yeah. You're not living for your parents. You're living for yourself. You know, this is your life. Yeah. And uh, the people that love you are going to support you. And if they just disagree, they can disagree. They just don't have to make you do what they want you to do. Yeah. But what usually happens when friends and family start pushing you to break up with your partner, it actually draws you closer to your partner. Yeah, that's true. I've seen that happen. So... Parents, friends, if you disagree with the partner, be supportive and let them figure it out. The more you press on the person saying you should break up, you shouldn't be with them, the more they want to prove that you're wrong and they want to prove their choice works. Yeah. And Lauren seems to be so in with Cameron. It would really take something unbelievable in her life at this point to change how she feels about him. But nonetheless, race is still an important story for the two of them, and they have some stuff to deal with when they get to Atlanta in the next episode. I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about my free ebook, Five Dating Traps to Avoid. It gives you tips to avoid all the traps that make your heart break. So go to amythedatingcoach.com, and that's spelled A-M-I-E, thedatingcoach.com. Uh, let's move on to Kelly and Kenny. They're, as usual, not in the episode all that much. There's a little bit of time with them. There's a dinner. And Kenny and Kelly, I guess, have very demanding jobs. So they were talking about how the two of them will have a tough time spending time together. Mm -hmm. So they need to come up with ways to spend quality time. And she talks about, like, at the end of the night, you take your phone and you put it away and you turn it off. And this was a rule. And she did it air quotes. I'm like, and the way she looked, it just looked like, like she was his mother. I actually don't think there's any problems with her saying that there are specific rules. It like, wasn't the rules. It was, it was the way she said it. It was something in the subtext, like we're well, in a honeymoon phase. And I know it's important to have these discussions. Don't get me wrong. This is important, but it just... It turned you off. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> well, so maybe much. it turned you off. I don't know. Maybe specifically you. To me, it didn't bother me. I'm like, these rules are boundaries is what they're tr she's trying to say. Um, but I could see like, I do see Kelly as being a very controlling person. And I think the underlying tone there, it sounds that to you is that it's, it's controlling of her. I could see her setting up these rules and not 
being fun. I guess that's back that's to it. it. She's, She's not, not fun. fun. Like there has to be a way to say this early on in the relationship and not make it so serious. And we talked about Mark and Jessica being serious all the time. That's what I feel like Kelly oh, and God. Kenny. They're so serious. They're so serious. It's it's boring. They don't to laugh. Watch. It's like they kiss. I think Kenny is just not bringing out her fun. Probably. Yes. Yeah. And I think she's not showing her real authentic, genuine self. No, I, I totally agree with that. All right. Well, we'll see what happens to Kenny and Kelly uh, in episode six. Uh, Damien and Gigi are also on a boat. Unlike Barnett and Amber, who had fun, it was Gigi and Damien not so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And he says he doesn't want this to end. It's an escape from every day. Yeah. And not clarifying. That's the problem. So she then digs and she asks, what does he mean? And he uses the word drama from the I'm like, where's he going with this? You know, I will tell you two parts. There were there were good parts where you and I were like, yes, She's asking open-ended questions and trying to get him to open up more. I loved it. I, I was like applauding her. She's so smart for, I think she's 24. I'm like, the questions she's asking in the way was very thoughtful and she wouldn't give up. Now, here's the part as a relationship coach that I think is like the red flag part is that timing is everything. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't ready to open up. Even though he gave her a little bit, it's not her fault. He gave her by a little bit by saying, you know, things that uh, going back to everyday life. And she's like, well, what does that mean? Yeah, because in, in my mind, I'm like, does he have another family? Does he like broke? Is he, you know, got out, just got out of a, a got out of prison or something? I mean, like, what is he hiding is, I guess, what you felt. We felt what she thought. Yeah, and one of the things that he could have done is say, say, can we not talk about this right now and we'll talk about it later. Yeah, he wanted to have fun. Yes. She was like, wanted to know more. And they were both right, I think. They were, but I think both of them, honestly, if he would have communicated, I'm not ready to talk about this right now, instead of being passive aggressive to her, he was like spinning it and flipping it back on her. He was flipping it on her, yeah. Right? So what should she have done? I think she could have just asked him, is it better for us to talk about this later? Yeah, not on the boat. Can I schedule time? Yeah. And I know it's hard to do that, but there's some times that you are not in the frame of mind to speak and I want to talk, 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 talk and fix the problem when we're in conflict. Yeah. But you will tell me, I don't want to talk about this right now. Yeah. And I thought that's what he was doing. I kind of felt for him there. But he didn't say it. No, he didn't say it. But he, he's not very sophisticated. I don't think he's been in a relationship where somebody asks him these deep questions and he gets super vulnerable. And definitely, I don't think there's any doubt he's never been with someone like Gigi who's worldly and, you know, got a conscious brain. I mean... Uh, her opening up those questions, paying attention to what he's saying, I thought she was amazing. I know from us when it drives me nuts when I'm thinking something that I don't want to talk about. And you're like, well, what's wrong? I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't want to talk about it now. Early on in our marriage, that's what I used to do all the time. I would want to fix the problem right away. And what I learned is we together built a... Uh, an actual process is that if you're not wanting to talk, I will, I would ask you, well, when are you willing to talk? 
in the moment, it's really hard for me because there's usually when there's a fight, I'm very tense. I'm angry. I'm feeling like my brain's going to explode and I don't have the best thoughts and words when that happens. So it's to me, when you fight in that space and then you try to resolve, you spin your wheels. It's back to that halt. Yeah. Yeah. The halt formula is when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, right? Yeah. And when you're angry, you're not going to be able to hear me uh, or resolve the problem. So I might as well give you your space. And what ends up happening with Damien and Gigi is he told her that he was having job problems, that because he was on the show, he ended up taking more time off than he was allowed. He may not have a job and he's nervous. He's not going to be able to provide for Gigi when they get out of the show totally fair i i had a question for you because that seemed kind of weird they were showered off the boat and they got time alone with each other right before they actually got back on camera and he was being vulnerable i'm wondering did they talk about and hash it out off camera and then just redid it on camera my experience is yes that's almost always what happens the way that i usually handle that as a producer is i would usually go up to in that case, Gigi, I'd say, Gigi, we need to resolve this, but please don't do it in back in the room. Can we wait for us? Can you wait for us to... Wow, I did not... Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> because, we, because you didn't want that gold to happen off camera. And a lot of times people like to do things off camera. Yeah. But, yeah. We don't want people to see us like in conflict. It didn't look like the second time they talked about it. Mm. That being said, it's possible they talked about it off camera, but whatever happened before, after, otherwise, they resolved it. I love, I love Gigi now. I'm just going to say. She's great. <laughs> She's like, who cares if, if they fire you for this? You're going to be able to like find your catch. Like she built him up and that's what you're, you want from a partner, like a supportive partner when they're being vulnerable and really showing their flaws and all. She just showed true acceptance and love and compassion and was supportive. That I thought was a big plus for her. Like when I've had trouble in my career, having you there to support me and be part of that that journey was super important, super important. And when I watched Gigi, I thought of you. Why are you crying? Love you. <laughs> I love you too. I love you too. <laughs> Threw me off there. I didn't know why. <laughs> okay, I'm tearing up. Well... It's true. There's all those moments where, you know, you're second guessing yourself as a the career you've chosen and moments happen and you want someone to be there to support you. And Gigi did that. It's true. And I'm crying because, you know, life throws curveballs at all of us. And, you know, with what's going on in the world, um, we have to be there for each other yeah. no matter what. And that shows true love. It's not just the fun parts, but it's when things are really tough and you can hold each other through those processes. Yeah. And that's, you know, something that I think back to, to us, I think if, if you are going through something and you have these doubts, you number one, have to be able to communicate it. If you can't communicate it at that time, you've got to set up another time to do it. 
and then resolve it. And that's what they did. That's relationship 101. What we saw happen was an imperfect couple dealing with an issue and then resolving it. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I know you're still kind of tearing up, but we could end on Gigi's wonderful bite about love. I think it's a great way to kind of wrap out the the meat of this show. Yeah, she says a beautiful line. She says, falling in love is scary as hell. It flips everything upside down. It's like you've been out in the sunshine, but really you've been in the dark. Someone opens up your eyes and it's so exciting and it's amazing. It's warm and it's terrifying. Someone taps into you and you're like, all right, love is a beautiful thing. It is. That's an amazing sentence that she encapsulated love in in a different kind of way, in a personal way for her, Mm -hmm. but still universally kind of makes sense to a lot of people, I think. Absolutely. And I think, you know, love is terrifying. I mean, anything that you do in life that creates a tremendous amount of risk and emotional risk we're talking about is going to be terrifying, but it's worth the fight because you deserve love. You deserve to have what you want. And you just have to believe that even at the emotional risk, you will survive and find that one. I think that's a great way to send us off into our takeaways. Takeaway number one, don't be afraid to ask the difficult questions. Gigi did a great job with Damien. You know, she was opening up questions when she heard some red flags. She didn't just let it slide because she knew this is a person that she may marry. She needs to make sure that they're on the same page. Takeaway number two is set up time for conflict resolution. Remember when Damien and Gigi were on the sailboat, you have to pay attention to timing. It wasn't a great time. Damien was pushing back. Then Gigi should have asked him, when is a good time? Remember, when you're going to have these hard conversations, make sure that you use the HALT tool. And that's if you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and plus, I added a D for drunk, don't start talking about those hard conversations. Wait until you're even kills and emotionally grounded to have those conversations. Takeaway number three, don't get caught up in the comparison trap. You know, when you compare yourself to other people and other couples, you're setting up yourself for relationship doom because of the fact that your values may be different than theirs and what you want may be different than what they want. The only time comparison can be good is when you trust people and respect people that you're comparing yourself to and only taking parts that can really help you in your relationship. And lastly, focus on developing and growing your own relationship identity and cultivate the definition of happiness for you as a person and as a couple. So that's it for my takeaways, but we want to hear from you. What did you think about the comparison trap? Have you fallen for it? Do you know someone that has fallen for it? Go to our website, amythedatingcoach.com forward slash podcast. Leave your comments, thoughts, and feedback in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Well, that is the end of episode five for us. Uh, As always, please leave a five-star review if you like the show or hit the subscribe button. It really does help us. Thank you very much. All right. Until next time. Yes. And we'll see you in the next show. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.